I'm Sir Flobojan Thunderhammer. And I'm Teflon Frosthammer. And I'm Cabbage Tidehammer. And this is Whack. If Ampguard Knighthood means anything, you can't knife a motherfucker and keep it. And the thing that people need to understand essentially about arts and sciences events is that your scores don't matter. Do you want a black phoenix or a white phoenix? Jeez, language, man. We're on a freaking podcast, for fuck's sake. Mind-blowing experience, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to WAC, where we discuss topics important to the AmpGuard community at large and talk with interesting people from around the foam-fighting world. Um, You may notice... Did I nail that? I guess you did. Fuck yeah! All right! (laughs) Suck it, Flo! Um, You may notice that Flo is not here today. Um, He has some business going on, so he will be out. Um, So today it's just Teflon and I, and we're continuing on with our uh, What the Hell Even Is AmpGuard Anyway series. Um, now, I said before at the top of each episode, we would do corrections, so I do have one of those. Uh, let's get to that. If I was prepared, I would have had this pulled up already. Oh, yeah, but, you know, what kind of podcast are we? Listen, we're doing this <laughs> in my office at like 6 p.m., and it has to go up tonight. I'm hanging in there. Yeah. All right, let's see. Ooh. Oh, did we get another one? Oh, we just got a new subscriber, and they, they had a comment. That I oh, that's, that's cool. cool. We'll read oh, that what's there. what's that comment? No, I'll read it. Oh, I, don't, I don't want this to be like a, a we read audience questions or whatever. Um, so <laughs> Seth Real from our own kingdom says, Ampguard is not actually a lightest touch game. We occupy a weird middle ground between lightest touch games, like most latex event LARPs, and sufficient force games like Dag and Bell. Uh, we don't have a minimum or maximum force you're supposed to use when fighting, so we can swing just as hard and fast as a Dag player and not get kicked out of the event. Um, and still have all of our shots taken. Same if it was uh, swinging like it was a lightest touch latex LARP. Um, they also go on to say that lightest touch combat runs dramatically different from amped guard combat and can run differently in every lightest touch game depending on how much emphasis they put on sword fighting and how much they put on other less physical abilities. Um, so amped guard, weird middle ground, good to know. Where did we leave off last time? Uh, I believe we left off at... Uh, what the dream was. Um, yeah, so we talked about the dream, um, and there's there's a million different versions of the dream, as, as many as there are Amped Guarders. Um, so that, that literally was literally only point one in our outline. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Okay. <clears throat> so then today we'll be covering, uh, and this is a very broad, how does it work? That's going to include social structure and hierarchy, combat, um, and then a, a miscellaneous section, which is basically going to be me going, did we miss anything? And hopefully somebody will fill in there. Um, <laughs> oh man, it's only me. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's you and then the audience. Uh, you know, whoever wants to comment in there. Um, oh yeah, there's there's my fiance Baronet Vidalia in the background. We don't have a third mic. Um, she can come steal mine, I guess, if yeah, she, she really gets whiny about it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and you'll see the the cats, our traditional guest hosts, uh, <laughs> Brad and Mal fighting. Drive by fight there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so before we jump in, uh, we actually just went to uh, a nighting. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of appropriate. We uh, actually are going to talk about nightings today, um, but we got to see our, I guess, our belt, our grand night, whatever. Grand night. That I don't know. So it sounds weird. real bad. Yeah, doesn't it? It's a grand night. He's okay. Um, no, <laughs> he, uh, he does uh, have a walker. So, sir, sir, <laughs> sir, stinkfoot. Now, yeah. um, he he got his third belt, which was his flame, flame? belt. Yeah. What was the order those came in? It was serpent crown flame or crown flame serpent. I don't actually know. Yeah, well, maybe we'll have him My... on one day guess would be serpent crown flame but i don't know for sure okay 
maybe we'll have him on one day. Um, it was a really cool thing. It was like a day event. Um, I kind of like Nightings as day events. I don't know. I actually kind of like it a lot too, to be honest. Um, one of the things like with awards, oh, I'll get to that later. We'll, we'll <laughs> keep moving on. Fair, yeah. Um, but huge shout out to to Falling Fire and to Neverwinter for for putting that on. Mm -hmm. That was really cool. Um, so with that out of the way. Um, let me give my, my disclaimer that I always do. Um, and it looks like in this, we're going to say six episode series, we're going to be answering the question, what the hell even is that game that you're always talking about? We're aiming to be as detailed as we can, but we're bound to miss a few things along the way. We'll post documentation where we can, and we'll try to point to other useful resources when we don't have all the answers. Audience corrections will be addressed at the top of each episode. Um, and with that, we're going to get into how does it work? Um, so social structure and hierarchy. Um, this is sort of the unspoken part of Amtgard a lot of times. Um, there's a bit on it in the rulebook, um, but there's far more on classes and combat and everything else. Um, the rest of it is something you kind of have to feel out. So the first thing I wanted to get into, um, for a new a new person showing up um, at Amtgard, what are they walking into? Um, in most cases, it's a shire or a barony, something like that. Um, but there's there's a couple of different things there, and they all scale depending on how many members there are. So it goes, if I'm not mistaken, Shire, Barony. Does it go straight to Duchy? Yeah. There's no middle step for Barony to Duchy because it's a big... Un unless there's a kingdom-specific one, I don't think so, because I think it is Shire, Barony, Duchy. Grand Duchy sort of exists, but areas. not really at the same time, okay. and then kingdom. So all of those scale depending on how many players you actually have. Um, so from, well, I guess we'll say two to 15 players or two to 14 players. You have a Shire. This one is again, kind of a, it uh, various kingdom, kingdom, kingdom Merrick. Uh, I don't remember if we ever posted it, but Merrick had a breakdown on, I think every kingdom for, uh, population size on, and things like that too. Um, it's really clever. So that may be one we can, I can find, uh, yeah. if you don't already have it. Um, well, Merrick, I know you listen to the show sometimes. Um, Paragon Path Podcast, by the way. Go yep. give it a listen. It's great. It's good. Um, he will at some point post his grand unified Kapora, maybe. Oh, man, that would be amazing. <laughs> I just want one Kapora. So um, bad. So we're actually touching on a lot of the things that, that get to be important here. Um, so all of those different units and, and their size uh, is what differentiates them. Um, it can be a different size depending on where you're from. And that's a, a more geographical location called a kingdom. Um so we have uh, how many kingdoms now? 23, 24, something That's, like that. I can't remember. <laughs> um, 20-something kingdoms occupying most of the United States. Uh, actually, all of the United States, parts of Canada, and even Mexico. Is there like a little bit of a difference? I don't know if the international uh, parks are still active. I know at one point we had Croatia. Yeah, there was one in Croatia. Um, That's what I was blanking. But I don't think... It is active anymore. It's fair. They're, they're kind of separated. It's hard to, to keep things going. Well, I they're guess. competing with the Euro-style LARPs and stuff like that, which... That's true. The Ameritrash LARPs, as uh, some would call them, um, don't really translate outside of the U.S. So. Okay. Um, we actually have a bit, and this is going to come later, but put that in the outline for the, the Euro-trash versus Ameritrash LARPs, because <laughs> um, I do want to talk about that. Sure. Um, so, yeah. Whenever you step into Amphgard, um, if you see people fighting at your local park, or maybe you just saw them and they sent you this to listen to, um, that's going to be your Shire, your Barony, your Duchy, um, wherever you're locally participating. The the larger entity that you are a part of is your kingdom. Um, I can give you some examples here in Winter's Edge. We have uh, all of Tennessee, parts of North Carolina, no, parts of South Carolina, um, Georgia, Alabama, uh, What do, we have Mississippi. Mississippi, yeah. Yeah, and there's there's like one more, is it another one of the Carolinas? 
Uh, I think we even go up into Kentucky, but we sort of butt heads with rising winds there. I think Winter's Crest might technically be Kentucky. I don't remember for sure. Okay. I'm really bad at our kingdom's geography, let alone anyone else's. <laughs> there is actually a, a really cool map that I will try to post up. Um, I will try to put it in the comments mm-hmm. so you can see. Um, but you can determine, you know, okay, I live in this state and I live on the East Coast. So that means, you know, my kingdom is this. Um, the kingdoms do not uh, maybe war like you would think they would. Yeah, not over land necessarily. No, the, there the, there are some rules to it through AI, but it's very lax. Yeah, and so actually, perfect segue. You said the thing I was hoping you would say. AI. Um, that's the the next and the highest tier. Um, Amphgard International. Now they don't um, they don't control any particular group. They were run out of the Burning Lands, but I don't think that's that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. So the Burning Lands being a different kingdom and the first kingdom, um, Amphgard International is the board of directors that oversees the development and I don't know what else of the entire game. Um, the rules the... and stuff itself, I guess, is a good way to look at it. Yeah. So Amphgard International Board of Directors handles our copyright and things like that. Um, you won't interact with them in a gameplay sense, but you may hear that thrown around a lot. So when people are talking about AI, um, it's usually administrative in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so from local park, uh, which is, you know, your Berenishai Duchy to your kingdom and then to Amphgard International. The kingdoms, um, we touched on this. They don't fight. They don't war. There's no disputes over land. Um, mostly, mostly there, there are a few areas <laughs> where, uh, one kingdom sniped apart from another state that wasn't sort technically of. <laughs> their territory. There's a lot of stuff that that can get pretty nuanced. You would probably um, want to talk to somebody in your kingdom to know more about that because those can get really nuanced. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in, in general, that's the structure that you're working with. So from a geographical standpoint, that's what you have. Um, you may also see as you're playing a bunch of different colored belts, um, yep. And actually, Teflon, vamp on that. I have some examples over here. I'll cool. just pull down. So, um, is that really where we want to go with that right now? Uh, um, well, there's kingdoms, just... parks, uh, membership. So, membership would yeah, be free. Um, well, ju- mm-hmm. Yeah, free for just playing, right? Like, you can go to a park, you can have zero gear, um, show up in jeans and a t shirt or something like that, and you are free to play. Uh, Pretty much forever. Uh, some parks kind of push you to get your own gear and stuff, which is a good thing in my opinion. Um, so that way you're not just being detrimental to the loaner gear and stuff like that. But it is not something you need to focus on when you are new. Your park will help you out with it, no matter what size they are. Um, <clears throat> uh, the greater membership in a way, uh, well, where Winter's Edge calls between... it citizenship, yeah. right? And then Polaris has it as, what was it, the... Um, Members in good standing or yeah, members in good standing, the mixed, uh, system, um, which is where you are dues paid, which means you can, you can, uh, participate in all things. And depending on some of the kingdoms, you have to be dues paid to be able to put an all thing, uh, proposal in and things like that. Uh, I guess a quick burn down all things is what you do to vote on things that affect your kingdom. Right. Um, So I might say, Hey, it's, it's too hard to, you know, run for this particular office. Um, you know, it, I have let's to get win rid of quals. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so I might be like, Hey, I have to run, I have to fight in a tournament to do this administrative position. Why that's dumb. Let's vote to change that. And yeah. that's what you would do in all thing for. And your um, kingdom's going to do that uh, pretty regularly. This is another thing we didn't touch on with kingdoms. Actually kingdoms, uh, every kingdom has its own corpora, which is the governing document that decides all of the minutia of how that kingdom's going to work. So yeah. when it's big events are held, how often you're going to do those all things, um, 
you know, when kind elections of the, happen. the administrative rules of the kingdom and kind of sometimes expectations of things that are going yes. on inside that kingdom. Um, I don't want to get into the weeds too much on that. That is totally a different thing yeah, absolutely. to dive down. Um, I'll it at this. A lot of the changes look relatively minor from one kingdom to the next, but they end up making huge cultural differences. Oh, absolutely. Um, just the, just the difference in, you know, citizenship between one kingdom to the next might impact who gets the vote. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's actually talk about, um, so there's member, citizen, that kind of thing. Um, what are you as a, as a newbie player just showing up at your first time? You are just a member, right? You've signed in maybe once. Yeah, um, the terminology may be slightly different, but like from kingdom to kingdom, but you're just a player or right. a member or something like that. Yeah. Um, so what are the first things you might start to see? Do we want to put belts off for a little bit? Uh, let's put that with the rest of like awards and titles and stuff. Okay. Well then what do you want to jump to next? Cause I was going to do households and fighting companies. I think that's a good one to jump to because we're kind of going down from kingdom to smaller things and then microcosms and inside stuff. I got Mm -hmm. you. Um, This is, I should have workshopped the outline beforehand, but. Hey, you know, workshopping on the air is our kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're building this plane as we fly. (laughs) Um, So households, um, households and fighting companies, I should say, they kind of go into the same bucket. Um, You'll often see people at that park wearing the same colors. Um, They're not part of it. Well, I guess they're kind of part of a gang, but like a really dorky gang. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of. so you may see uh, was it West Side Story kind of thing? Yeah, some not even that cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you'll see matching garb. Usually they'll have matching symbols, that kind of thing. Um, those can be either households or fighting companies. They're essentially the same thing, but with different goals. More or less, yeah. Like the they've blended. I think as the years kind of go on, because there's been fighting households to uh, fighting companies. But typically, the big uh, difference is that fighting companies you can only have membership to one, whereas households that is not a hard and fast rule by any means. Uh, There are exclusive households for things, um, but most of them really aren't. Yeah, and we've talked about a few households on the podcast. The most immediate one um, is House Lioness, um, mm-hmm. uh, who is dedicated to combating apathy uh, in Amp Guard, I think is their official slogan. Uh, no, Lioness is the, the women's uh, uh, thing. The combating apathy is, oh, what is that one? I swear I thought that was Lioness. No, that that's definitely the, the women's fighting uh, community kind of thing. Okay, yeah, House Lioness is promoting female fighters in Amp Guard. Damn it, what's the other one? Uh, well, if one of our listeners knows, man, I can't remember it either in the comments. Anyway, there are different households and they'll, they'll have different goals. Um, some, for example, are service households, the lantern core uh, here in winter's edge. I know is one we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, and their whole thing was, well, they had different cores, but I mean, it, it branched as, as the, the household grew originally it was to, um, service, you guys were always do service. So it'd be like kitchen autocrat, that kind of stuff. Um, which autocrat would be the people who run an event, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and running kitchen as part of events. And that's typically where you see a lot of, um, or at least traditionally a lot of, uh, awards, uh, from the flame or not flame rose, um, category go through. Yeah. So you'll, you'll have, um, you have your households, which can vary. Fighting companies are specific to fighting. And I, I don't know that there's a fighting company specific to a, a type of game, right? It seems like... Um, there's like there kind of like a, a... Fighting companies may have more of a goal oriented, but not necessarily a particular game. Like yeah, there's, uh, there's some kind of like tournament companies, basically, where they focus on individual fighting and, and tournament fighting. 
kind of now, but not really at the same time. They want to pretend it's something else. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, sometimes there's like battle game companies to a degree. Um, there's just a bunch of friends who like to fight together kind of companies. There is the, you can go from spanning your kingdom companies to spanning just your Shire companies. Um, that used to be a thing more so than I think is now, um, back whenever, uh, there was three parks in the greater Knoxville area. Um, there was quite a few like localized companies and it was actually kind of neat that way um it was friendly competition competition yeah it wasn't just like north triads and south triads or something like that that we see now um but it'd be like the starlight legion which was like four or five people there was um oh man i don't remember they're all all of them um I can't remember the names of them There's now. Maelstrom, Baganagas. Yeah, uh, I mean, kind of. That's more localized too. Yeah, these are, these are more modern comparatively to the sure. to that. But um, you know, we would compete in local stuff. Sometimes we would be like, oh, we'll do a battle game and we'll do um, Starlight Legion versus Maelstrom or something like that. And then people can fill in or maybe even conform a third team as a quote unquote militia and go from there. Um, these were just teams to fight together, if effective, essentially, rather. Yeah, um, when there were different battle games happening, or, or you know, I mean, games. and and this is kind of the de- to the detriment of fighting companies in a way, um, because we try to pick even teams um, yeah. on a normal bit, normal week to week basis. It makes it harder so that you can fight harder to fight with your friends, especially if you are a quote unquote be- the quote unquote best company in the the area or whatever, right. something like that. You know. Um, but uh, households could be anything. We touched a little bit on service. They could be uh, game making. They can be um, hanging out and playing Coob uh, in the background. It really doesn't matter. Like the household's focus is what you choose it to be. Um, so if you have like a, like two like minded individuals, you can uh, form a household and do whatever you want. Yeah. So the big difference is then. Um, and, and this is something I, I did confirm. So households, um, just what you said, can be for anything. Um, people who want to be associated, but they don't necessarily want to fight together. You can be in as many households as you want, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, companies are one, pick one, and you're there. Yeah. Um, so there, that's kind of the big difference, and fighting companies are specific to fighting. Um, I would add, too, if you are a new player, um, there are going to be a lot of fighting companies that have the really cool garb and have the really cool people, and you want to be in those. Um, and don't stress that too much. Uh, I know there's there was at least a local player on the, the RV boards who was like, I'm going to be a triad, and we're like, <laughs> hey, buddy, calm down. Yeah. And it's not necessarily because you're not good enough. It's because they've never met you, mm-hmm. and they don't know you. So you're not going to get invited to those uh, up front. Um, households are, are typically easier to get into, especially the service ones, because they yeah. always people. The, the minor advice for any of those, really, is just to hang out with the people that you like. Uh, and then usually, if that's the case, then it's usually a group of friends anyway. Yeah. Um, there are, Again, those are going to be different to some degree from place to place and, and company to company. But... Um, the, the general idea is it's a group of friends that are like-minded individuals. Yep. And just because you're not in a company doesn't mean you're not friends. Um, oh yeah, absolutely not. It's a small portion of everybody's life. So yeah, I know you and I both know all of the North Knoxville triads. You were one at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither of us are triads now. We're still friends. So. Yeah, absolutely. Your, uh, your wife is a triad. Yep. Lexi. I gotta <laughs> stop doing that. I, oh, I was I seeing stuff. if you were going to catch yourself with yeah, it or not. Yeah, no, I caught myself. Um, so... This jumps into Night Squire's pages, yeah? 
Yeah, we can go there. I think that's a good way. Yeah. So, um, I guess another organization of people in a way um, is the Knight Squire Pages uh, Man at Arms relationships. Um, knights have the white belts, um, yep. and they are more or less masters in the area that they gain uh, knighthood in. Mm-hmm. And from there, they can take choose to take squires, pages, or man at arms. Um, man at arms and pages are technically, technically the, same, the thing. same thing. Traditionally, the ranking was lowest being page, man at arms being next, squire being there, the the next, and then knight being on top. Um, other things that can take uh, pages and sometimes man at arms, I don't remember for sure, um, are titles. other titles. <laughs> yep. So something like duke. Or specifically titles of nobility. Yes. Um, so it can't be like you're Teflon the Awesome. You can take page. Right. Um, but yeah, if you have. Duke, These are things granted to you by um, basically kingdom. the kingdom. Yeah. yeah. And again, kingdoms each having their own different bylaws will have different um, ways that those are granted. Mm-hmm. Typically, a monarch can just dispense those at will. Um, but you have to do something to earn it in right. most cases. And and those awards in your kingdom's Kapoor will tell you how to earn them. Um, so it's not just like the monarch spins a wheel and gives a plummity at Duke. Well, I mean, the, they're more roughly outlined in the actual rulebook itself, and then yeah. sometimes more specifically in Kapoor's uh, of different kingdoms. Yeah. So knights, um, like you mentioned, will have a white belt. Um, they will usually have some coloration to them depending on the order of knighthood they have earned. Um, so sword is silver, crown is gold, Flame is red, and Serpent is green. Yep. Um, page belts are usually yellow. I'm colorblind, so I'm looking at you. Oh, for man, I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm <laughs> okay, and Squire's belts are usually uh, red. Yeah. Um, and then Man-at-Arms belts are usually black with a silver stripe. You will see some that are green. That is a holdover tradition kind of thing. Yeah, so I have... I got them and then lost them. Squire's belt. Um, this is an upgrade from Flo, our knight, who... We're has, squire buddies now. We're squire buddies. We can get in fuckery. And then this is <laughs> my old man-at-arms belt, which is green, um, because I like the tradition of the belt being green. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Flo has a gold stripe on his belt because it was crown. Correct. Um, others don't really wear a specific belt so noble titles don't have a belt they wear they can wear a crown some yeah on. some kingdoms actually have it based on the rank of nobility uh with the circlets to crowns and things like that um i think Northreach actually kind of um has them uh denoted in some sort of way but i can't remember for sure um and i whoever it is that does uh good on you because it makes yeah. titles and nobility uh, more substantial. That is something that we as a game could actually improve on, making the titles of nobility mean more than just a rubber stamp, basically. Well, and if you look at them, too, technically there are some titles of nobility that rank higher than knight in the like grand schema of things. Most of them, if I remember right, right. actually. Um, but knight is the only title where you get something tangible in-game. Uh, traditionally, yes. Uh, again, some kingdoms uh, really? actually give you. Uh, I, again, I think it was Northreach, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, that when you got your lord or lady title, even uh, uh, you would get uh, gifts uh, of the circlet or whatever their uh, designator for it is. Um, cool. So it is something we can bring that kind of thing too very easily. Um, for me, I've always, ah, that's another story, but I, I guess I'll mention it. But uh, f- for me, like to in game, like some kind of bonus to it. And I'm not talking like your class or something like that, but like 
like a battle game happens and maybe it's a militia game and if you have a noble title then you get a point of armor for free or something something silly like that like to make it mean just a little bit that's kind of cool um I, I know the only thing that you are promised uh, as uh, as anyone in Amsgard getting any kind of award um, is when you become a knight, you get your belt, you get your spurs, you get your tunic. Um, your tunic has your phoenix on it, which I think you pointed out was your, your personal. personal phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. So every knight has a phoenix that is personal to them and their story. Um, you can make up your own. Um, I guess you can use a generic one, but that's lame. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, spurs, belt tunic usually look at a, a pillow to kneel on and knights are also the only people in our game that can carry um live steel swords there are some traditions where squires can carry daggers but i don't know if that still holds up in every kingdom uh i'm not 100 percent sure on that i know that we kind of sort of uh look at it as okay yeah. um and i guess there's two other minor things that are a sometimes gift okay um the anti-paladin paladin uh the phoenix favor yeah and then the knighting box to put all your gifts in basically um that's a thing that's in neverwinter and winter's edge so i don't know how many other kingdoms that carries over yeah you're you're absolutely right um so yeah if you come to park uh, on your second day and you were carrying around a katana nobody's gonna jump your ass for it but they might explain to you that that's oh in a chain for oh oh yes um they might explain to you that that's reserved for knights and like teflon pointed out knights are also the only ones who can wear an unadorned chain um, which is just a plain chainmail weave. If it has something on it, if it's got a big flavor flave clock, um, if yeah. it's got a big, uh, who was it that had a big Michael Dorn head? Oh, uh, I don't that remember. Was a Dorn chain. Yeah, I can't remember. Ah, oh, damn it. Well, anyway, it makes me mad because it was really funny. It seems like something Avi would do, but I don't think that's right. Maybe I don't remember. Yeah, it had a big, uh, had a big Commander Wharf right on the chain. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, yeah, so knights get some special perks. Um, they can also play two classes uh, that currently, at the time of this recording, um, most of us can't play. Yep. They can play paladin and anti-paladin, which you hinted at. They get a belt favor sometimes, which they can flip to determine their, their class. Um, so paladin and anti-paladin reserved for knights. Um, they're kind of... So anti-paladin seems kind of like a mix between... Ah, well, you, we can brush that off to the, the classes structure. Fair. Uh, um, we'll keep on the awards and titles and stuff for right now. Sure. So suffice it to say, those those classes are mismatches of other classes that aren't super great, to be really honest with you. Yeah. I'm looking at what they get. It's not as good as what some of the other classes get, but... Words mean something, too. Yeah, exactly. So um, currently, you can't play those classes. There is a, a lot of people pushing to make it so that those classes are available to all. Um, I know I've talked with a few knights who personally don't give a shit. So, mm -hmm. There's um, a few that do. Yeah, sentiment will vary place to place. Um, so let's talk about awards, because this is how you get to knighthood. To knighthood, yeah. Um, how many awards are there? We standardized. So we used to have a ton. We standardized recently. Uh, um, well... Technically, standardization happened, I believe, 2007. Um, That's recently? Sure, buddy. Shut up. <laughs> We're not old. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, V7, I think, is what did it. I can't remember for sure. Mm -hmm. Um and it may have been slightly before, but I can't I can't remember the, the actual action that, that caused standardization. But standardization just means that um, when you go to kingdom to kingdom, you should get an award for roughly the same thing. Um, now, different cultures, it's going to be slightly different, and expectations may be higher or lower in different kingdoms. And honestly, that it, it should be fine, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I actually personally think that the standardization may be 
too much in some ways. Um, it kind of strips away a lot of the character. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are four paths to knighthood, which we t- touched on as the uh, different types, which is crown, flame, serpent, and sword. Um, so as far as awards go that lead to it, sword has orders of the warrior, yep. and these are earned through tournament participation and winning, basically. You can also earn some of the lower ones for battlefield prowess. Uh, yes. Um, uh, but more, it's realistically at this time more built towards tournaments. Yes, it absolutely um, is. And then that is the only path to, uh, knight of the sword. So get good at fighting. Yeah. <laughs> um, Flame is the service-oriented belt, which has uh, Smith, uh, Rose, and I feel like I'm missing one randomly. Lion? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Nah, the Lion one doesn't need to be there. But we'll anyway. explain these awards to you once we get through yeah. this. So Smiths are uh, war- awards for doing things like uh, presenting a class, uh, teaching a class, um, Running battle games. Running battle games, creating battle games, I believe. Mm-hmm. It falls under there. Um, boy, if we had our rule book open, we could make this really easy instead of I'm going off the... Tweaky. I was yeah, just right? you waffle. <laughs> Fair. <Hold on>. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you exactly what it's for. <laughs> um, Roses is for um, uh, service, and service is a kind of big, broad term. It's the uh, catch-all, for sure. Yeah, it is, it is a catch-all kind of award in some ways, which doesn't take away from what the award is and should not take away from what the award is. Um, no one should be devaluing that in any way, shape or form. God, no. Um, it can be getting like your first award that's listed usually as like picking up trash, uh, on a park day or something like that yep. to, um, masterhood is like, uh, autocratting big events basically. Yeah. Um, some people have done it through, uh, so masterhood also, um, is a kind of, 11th award currently um in my opinion anyway um that you have got your what we call box tops uh colloquially um so getting yeah you progress through the orders one through ten um and then masterhood and then knighthood is how it's kind of separated so that's quote-unquote 12 awards if you want to look at it that way um and again low level awards um one through three are kind of shire level work um this is a general uh, right. Depending on where you're from, your group might be able to give higher or lower level awards depending on how it's structured. Yeah, and then four through five, four and five is bar- baronial. Um, uh, six and seven is duchy. I don't personally know what grand duchy is. I think that's a, again they're not exactly a thing, but they are a thing. Um, but I think they can go up to nine yeah, sometimes. Nine. Um, and then kingdoms have to give ten and masterhood and knighthood yep. uh, at the kingdom level. Yep. Um, no one, by the way, no one can make a knight except for the current monarch of your kingdom. Yep. Um, you cannot collect enough box tops that you are just default given the award. Um, if you, you know, shoot up there to 10 and then get your masterhood real quick, you may be waiting in line behind all the other people who, you know, got there before you who are waiting to be knighted as well. Um, so don't don't get your masterhood and then sit there going, it's my turn, where's my stuff, where's my belt, where's my spurs? Yeah. Stuff takes time to make, it's expensive, and also Just there's as a other people. general thing, what is it, like seven or eight years is the general, uh, Seems seven right. to ten, something like that, yeah. uh, for the general check of one to ten in knighthood, basically. Yeah. So this is a, a dedicated player kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Dedicated uh, or extremely talented. A lot of people yeah. get it quicker, um, and one's not better than the other. Yeah. 
anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, just, just, just know that it takes a lot of effort to get a belt in any of these categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a ton of work. So real quick, I'm going to touch on what Smith is because yeah. it's kind of ill-defined, um, awarded for organizing and running battle games, quests, workshops, demonstrations, and the like, while not in office or for running such events above and beyond the requirements of one's office. So it's, it's kind of broad. Yeah. It's another broad one. And I think it's actually an under awarded one um like a personal goal for me is to to eventually get to master smith there um through i guess multiple channels to be honest personally but we've gotten smiths for doing this podcast yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, well the specifically um teaching how to to do a podcast so it was a demonstration effectively um coronation i think i don't remember which event thing it was yeah Yeah. it's on youtube so haha go listen to that yeah Uh, (laughs) um and again, it's a broad term. Um, so there's going to be some wiggle room in it and your, your kingdoms Kapora will may or may not address more specifically into that as well. Um, Rose was the other one. No, we hit, we hit Rose basically. Rose is kind of a catch all for service. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, it can be anything from picking up trash to autocratting huge events. Um, lion is, and we'll, we'll talk about this more, but lion doesn't feel like it should be here because mm-hmm. lion is specifically for leadership and a going above and beyond the call of duty uh, of execution in an office or for leadership outside of office while performing a service to Amped Garden. So right. <laughs> it's a little, uh, half and half between, uh, uh, crown was in a crown yeah um so let's actually talk about crowns crowns are i think the only way to become a crown knight correct um it used to be uh crown points and uh that was a kind of an abysmal system uh, i will shout out neverwinter i liked whenever they awarded a title it means it was a check mark for yeah. uh you got your crown points for that position you were in um so that made the noble noble titles mean something a little bit uh, there as well. But now we have uh, got it to a, in my opinion, a better structure, um, a one through 10 award as well called the crown award. Um, and that is for serving in office to local monarchy for lower mm-hmm. and kingdom monarchy for higher. Yeah. Um, and this is another, this one is a special one in that you can get awarded multiple orders in one with one service term yeah um depending on the position you can serve multiple terms in a row some of them are uh kind of higher up and so they they give more per i guess term yeah um just depending on on where you're at we are kind of at this point we are new to that system and we are i wouldn't say monkeying with it but we're feeling out what our traditions in each kingdom for each ladder award on the crown path is but in general um, to get a masterhood, you will probably have to do kingdom office. And in yep. most places, it's likely that you're going to be wanted to hold the shiny hat of monarch of the kingdom. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> run, run. Um, anyway. But this is the reason why I personally think Lion should be under the crown path because it is a leadership thing. Crown is a leadership thing, yep. so they make sense to me. Um, but well, and, and Lion also incentivizes leadership when you're not in, in office. office. Yeah, like, which hey, I again I feel hat. is very similar. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, then you have Serpent. Uh, yeah, so Serpent contains our last three of the standardized awards. So that's Owl, Dragon, Garber. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of those is for a different um, crafting thing. 
crafting medium sort of but it's not yeah. exactly the the correct definition definition because dragon is the catch-all for this particular one i don't like to really say catch-all because it's not it seems negative but that's not really it it's just well, we there don't has to be a spot to award things where there's not a specifically defined right yeah the subjectivity is is actually really nice yeah. um it is a positive thing in my opinion right so owl um and all, all of these latter separately so if you get uh your first order of the owl and then you get a garber you do not get your second order of the garber they right. are three separate paths to the same belt good call because i that was taken for granted <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um so owls are for uh we say construction specifically uh weapons armor that kind kind of thing mm-hmm. um so if you see somebody with a really cool flat blade or if you see somebody with a really nice plasti dipped sword um that's a that's a recommendation for an owl mm-hmm. um and then you have garber which is exactly what it sounds like it's for making garb um which garb is effectively the costume that you would wear to uh a larp yeah you see people wearing tunics this belt is garb mm-hmm. um some might quibble over it being garb to garb accessory, yeah. but, you know, whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, the, the tunics, though, the pants, the cloaks, all the crazy sashes, um, a lot of those things are, are considered garb, mm-hmm. um, depending on your your local interpretation, of course. Um, and then dragon, like you said, kind of the catch-all. I mean, it, it's – so I'll, I'll read it off here because it's a lot. Um, awarded for demonstrating ability in the arts of amped card, performance, painting, sculpting, photography, cooking, banners, uh, artistically focused garb. Because that's different, uh, writing, acting, role playing, etc. Let me let me emphasize one of those real quick called role playing that it I got an award for, but it never really gets awarded for. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and this is where so. This is where the award standardization changed things. There used to be an order of the mask, um, which some some kingdoms still, still have give, it, um, yeah. but that is also role play. But it all gets folded into this one path now. Um, so to sort of recap. Um, under award standardization, I can guarantee these awards will be in your kingdom. Um, that's Order of the Crown, which leads the only path to Crown Belt. There's Order of the Warrior, which is only path to Sword Belt. Then there's Rose Smith Lion, which is your path to Flame Belt. And Owl Dragon Garber, which is your path to Serpent Belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are, like we touched on just a second ago, there are non-standard awards. Um, yep. Each kingdom, this will probably be in your Kapora. Um like mask is one that was given uh before standardization to role playing type things. Yeah. Um Jovius uh was an award that was I don't remember exactly the quote unquote definition that it had, but it's basically being a cool dude uh in a way. I Outstanding think Outstanding attitude, that's all it says. Yeah. Um being a cool dude. Yeah. Um some kingdoms have if you get enough of those, you could be a master thespian. Yep. Um which isn't recognized in any way, shape, or form across all of Ampguard. Um, that is a kingdom-specific kind of thing. So we actually, one of our first guests was a master thespian, mm-hmm. uh, St. O'Banion. He yep. is, I think, the only person to be knighted for that. Uh, as far as I know. Uh, the, I mean, there's probably someone else, but the only person I know of, mm-hmm. and the only person that's been on this show. Yeah. So if you're a master thespian, get at us. <laughs> um there's, there's others, too, like Order of the Zodiac, and then there's like Order of the Walker in the Middle, which is paragon reeve yeah well so that's that's like a in the weeds kind of conversation to be honest yeah um there used to be what was it like order the web uh back when web design was a a thing uh, or spider or something like that that. yeah it was really bad uh because it it was whenever you know in the 90s uh, all the the you know, dot com boom and stuff going on and stuff. So we kind of adapted an award directly for that, but it didn't I get standardized. Jeeves what to give you, and it said this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you... it could be anything. Um, it, we we gave Order of the Awesome during uh, the uh, pandemic. 
for being cool people, hosting things uh, for the, the kingdom to continue to be a community while we couldn't meet in person um, and things like that. Uh, um, well, actually, I hit on something there that I think makes the perfect segue to our next topic. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to talk about Paragon really quickly. Oh, yeah, because that was <clears throat> technically a title, I think. I can't it's remember how it's It's technically a still... title, and it spreads over into combat, which is our next bullet point. Yeah, so, it's perfect. Paragon is, and I'm not a Paragon, so I'm going to tell you what it is badly. Paragon's when you're real good at a class, and they decide to make you really good at it uh, with a title. <laughs> More or less, Did to I be it? honest. Yeah. Um, uh, this is one that isn't exactly standardized. Um, many kingdoms require it to be a kingdom level award while others don't have it defined as such. Yep. Um, there are some kingdoms that don't require level six in the class, whereas others do. Um, and so this is where it kind of gets into the weeds just slightly, but it is effectively a, um, uh, there's a, do you have the wiki pulled up? Cause there, there is a blurb that actually <coughs> describes it really well. Um, and I don't want to shortchange it, really. I was taking a fat rip off of this vase, but yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Let's um, see, Paragon. Uh, referred to as Paragon after the official adoption of the V8 Rules of Play. It's an award given to a player for consistently being an excellent example of their class in battle games. A player should look like, roleplay like, and be highly effective at playing their class to be bestowed a Paragon title for that class. A Paragon should take the lead in teaching new players how to play their class, assist them with getting the necessary equipment, etc., a player may receive multiple Paragon awards, one for each class. The reserve symbol of a Paragon is a sash in the color of their class with a silver trim. In Winter's Edge, we kind of do it big for Paragons. We uh, gift them a scroll uh, of the title as well as a sash uh, with the silver trim on it. Yeah. Um, and uh, they have a minor thing similar to Pages um, that is called Apprentices. and. Yep. Um, they, it's basically another quote unquote buddy system. Um, but through specifically the class battle gaming, more of a Sith rule of two kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of right. Um, and that's not defined, uh, just a touchback definition of how many pages and man at arms and squires you have is based on your kingdom traditions and Kapora even sometimes. Um, so if you're interested in those, honestly, just ask the people who, who have the those colored belts about them yeah, in like your in, kingdom. In Winter's Edge, there's no limit to the number of pages you can have. So if any of you viewers want a page belt, uh, mail $49.99 to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not making that many belts. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, with $49, you can just uh, have someone else make it and see if they can get an award for it. And then, you know, keep the keep the whole thing turning, it's an man. awards mill. There yeah. we go. Um, God in heaven. Oh, by the way, uh, AmpTweaky does list uh, Walker in the Middle as Paragon Reeve, so suck it. Yeah, the this is... Says it. Uh-huh, I know, yeah. It's <laughs> it's a distinction that I think is important, but I may yeah. be just in semantics and in the weeds for it, but eh. Um, so yeah, you can... There is also potentially a Paragon color now. Yep, there um, actually are, are a couple. I don't think there's very many currently. Of course, Paragon just, color and stuff like was making its, its waves right before the pandemic, so... Yeah. It's only just now making its way downtown. Mm-hmm. Anyway. 
<laughs> so uh, anyway, these are for being really good at that particular thing. Um, you may have heard uh, Sir Michael mention, uh, what did he call them? Alka-Seltzer crunching barbarians. Uh, so they would be foaming <laughs> at the mouth on the field. Like, yeah, that is a Paragon like yeah. barbarian, right? Um, people who get really into it, who are great at role-playing their characters and are really good at playing those characters become Paragons. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, Paragon is just an, an end. Um, it doesn't really level in anything. There are some talks of making a belt using Paragon status. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but the, like we said, there's also um, Paragon status for you know non-combat, which is that Paragon color in some kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, um, scrolls. We I mentioned scrolls. Uh, you get scrolls for a lot of stuff. Uh, noble titles, knighthoods, mm-hmm. they, they get scrolls as well. Yeah. Um, and the scroll is usually something along the lines of, like, uh, I, monarch of whatever kingdom, grant the title of blah, blah, blah to Cabbage. And... Uh, <laughs> on this date, let it be known or something like that. There's usually some pomp and circumstance to it. Yeah. Um, and I, I always feel like they're, they should be bigger things, but I don't know how to make that happen. That's a cultural kingdom thing. Um, um well, I know one of the things that Vidalia has gotten up to her ninth dragon for is uh, scroll work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, right now, if you want to get a scroll and you want to make it a bigger part of your kingdom, um, you mail $49.99 to Vidalia. <laughs> yeah. Is that your going rate? Right? Yeah, sure. Oh, that sounds like a plan. Higher? Go up. <laughs> 100 bucks. <laughs> going once. Anything? <laughs> I can't be an auctioneer. Just, I don't know, hit up Vidalia. Or, or somebody who is talented in your own kingdom and mm-hmm. maybe let Vidalia get some damn sleep. Um, nah. so, she doesn't want it. Okay, so Paragon, um, typically awarded through battle games. What is a battle game? So this is a thing that uh, when I was talking with people on the Paragon uh, chat uh, with Merrick about, that I never really thought about it in this way, but traditionally when i heard battle game that meant a class game mm-hmm. which is playing the classes of amp garb and we'll go over each class uh briefly soonish it's at the end here yeah um but uh ditch battles which is uh, a specific set of rules basically and militia battles is a specific set of rules yep. um are all considered battle games as well according to the rule book with the way it's written okay. um so uh there, there, there can be kind of a wide variety of what you call a battle game. Um, these things can well, let's be, break it down. yeah, I was going to say these things can be something as simple as capture the flag, but using the amp guard rules, um, and e- any of the three that I mentioned before, um, to, uh, you know, use some sort of weird scenario battle where you have to capture the castle and save the queen and kill the spiky shelled turtle guy that's a boss right yeah um and you grab the boss by his tail and swing him around the stage and throw him at bombs strategically placed at eight points off the stage Mm -hmm. okay cool yep totally (laughs) i was gonna go with grab the axe but oh yeah yeah, okay well that's a generational difference (laughs) yeah isn't it yeah (laughs) god um yeah so those those battles can be class battles um where you know you will be playing in a full class regalia with all of your spells and abilities. Right, let's back up you. a second. So, oh, so sorry. ditch, ditch battle games um, is kind of a colloquial term. Um, usually, this is two lines of fighters fighting each other, and we only use the hit system with the weapons. And the weapon classes don't really mean anything. So you can use whatever weapon combination that you want. Um, and Except bows and armor. Correct. Bows, throw projectiles, melee 
uh, specifically yeah. uh, weapons. Um, militia would be a broader uh, term as far as the equipment you can use. You can then now use the uh, the projectile weapons and throwies and things like that, as well as armor. Um, and then class battles is becomes the like even broader sense, but restricted in individual pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so typically your park, uh, if this is your first day or your second day showing up, your park is going to start warming up by ditching. Um, a ditch almost forms naturally. Um, amped guarders will start fighting. A few more will walk up. You'll do, uh, you know, winner loser. Um, and then eventually you'll have, you know, four people, uh, you know, and then six people and you decide, Hey, let's just make two lines and fight. Mm -hmm. Um, so a ditch is the most common thing that's going to happen at amped guard. It's also where a lot of parks can stall out. I feel like, cause it's mm -hmm. easy to do a ditch and it's, you know, hard to set up a class game. Yep. Um, so a ditch is going to be what you do to warm up. It's going to, you know, if you saw people at your park this past weekend, um, and you know, there were two lines of people running at each other, that's probably a ditch. Mm -hmm. Um, militia, um, can be that, um, and it can factor in bows and, and armor. Militia but, is whenever we start using objectives typically. Right. I was going to say militia games usually turn into something more complex. So mm -hmm. siege the castle can be just militia, although that's kind of boring for our game. Right. Um, but, you know, capture the flag, ding the bell, general battle, whatever. Those things can be militia as well. Um, and that sort of is, is what delineates a militia from a ditch and the armor and bows. And mm -hmm. then class battles are, um, I've never seen a ditch class battle. That would be cool. It's happened a couple times, but it's not a typical thing. It's just Phoenix League with more steps, it sounds like. <laughs> Less um, steps, actually. Yeah, yeah. Fair. We'll talk about <laughs> Phoenix League, too. Um, but yeah, so class battles are essentially that that last extreme um, that we just talked about for militia battles, but with your classes. And um, class battles can be like a one-off, um, you know, like a capture the flag or a mm -hmm. capture the castle or a ding the bell. Um, they can also be weekend-long events depending on who's organizing things. Um, you can even have, you know, your park may have a consistent storyline. So, hey, you killed the Gru, and now you've got to take its bones to kill the bigger Gru or whatever. You know, save your lemming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, didn't you have that when we did the bunch of games with the penguin, kind of? Well, not exactly. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. That was more of a callback to uh, Promethea. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so class games are usually going to be more involved. They're going to let you get truly into your character and wear all the stuff that you've been making and, and really get into it. Um, that's also where all the magic's going to come out. Um, do the whole wanna... like 80% of our rule book. Yeah. The, the <laughs> biggest portion of our rule book is reserved for that. And it only comes out in this one play type. Um, <clears throat> well, that's not true. So there, there is, are also competitive formats. Mm -hmm. So, um, there are tournaments, um, and we'll briefly touch on those cause those are always going to be, um, militia. Well, uh, no, those are always going to be ditch mostly most of the time they'll fall under kind of the quote-unquote ditch rules yeah um there are sometimes bows um but that's yeah it just a, depends on the tournament it's a little it's a, a little more defined by the tournament rather than the type of battle game because they're not really a battle game because it's a one-on-one -on -one thing yeah. um tournaments will will vary just depending on how they're being run they can be nba final four style brackets um, yep. where all the participants are known and the matchups are defined um they can be a what we call a bear pit Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, uh, multiple pits where you have a line, um, and then everybody funnels into that line. The winner stays. Um, you know, it just depends. Talk with whoever's setting up the tournament to, to get more familiar with the rules. But in general, uh, I'm hoping everyone listening um, that has found this video somehow knows what a tournament is, broadly speaking. <laughs> um, we don't typically do Swiss. They're more, or round robins even. Yeah. Um, they're more closer related to the NBA Final Four kind of brackets and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, just depending on, you know, I mean, that's harder to set up. Yeah. Um, if you just want to say, hey, we're having a tournament, get in the pit, go. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that can happen. Um, there are also competitive games. So jugging, 
yep i talk about all the time on this podcast um jugging is a game within a game so it's amped guard but with different rules um there are defined positions uh for every player um there are five players on each team you can have a person on the bench um there is a defined boundary um if you step out of it you are stunned there are certain rules for stuns and pins if you get killed there's some regional rules on some of this too yeah there are there are regional rules and then there are traditional versus non-traditional rules like uh does your chain have two flails or flail sword yeah and can your chain pin if they have flail sword (laughs) right um so again, check with the local organizer, but jugging is, uh, I have always heard it called like amped guards hockey. Um, yeah, you yeah. know, just, just any, it, it is, it I think is that's a pretty to, apt <laughs> description it can get that way. <laughs> um, no high sticking please. Um, but it is a, a, a hockey like format. You have a goal and you have an objective to get onto that goal. And there are different positions that each do different things. Um, and then the other thing I have written down here is Phoenix league. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've never played Phoenix league. So you, you talk- actually have just a kind of dumbed down version that I brought to the park. That's the only kind I know. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it also has a defined framework on, um, <clears throat> how the, uh, board is laid out, I guess the terrain, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while there isn't exactly positions, there are four active players and two people on a bench. And that's like, this is kind of into the weeds for this t- particular thing a little bit, but, um, the bench players can then become active when an active player dies. And then you have your death count, um, and goes from there. Um, but more specifically, I guess that's more new player oriented would be what are the classes? Yeah. So this is the, the difference between Phoenix league and judging jugging besides a lot of things is that Phoenix league is class based. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of why I wanted to get to uh, classes. Hold on. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to rattle off a list of all the classes. Then we can talk about them in brief um, mm-hmm. going in alphabetical order. Cause that's how the amp wiki puts them. Anti-Paladin, which you can't play. Archer, Assassin, Barbarian, Bard, uh, Druid, Healer, Monk, Monster, Paladin, which you also can't play. Um, Scout, Warrior, Wizard. Monster, you're probably not going to be playing either. Yeah, Monster is a specific thing. Now, there's also a few others. There's Peasant. um, That's not really a class. Well, if you are a new player playing Amphgard, and you've been playing for a while, and you still don't have Garb, you may get suckered into this class. Um, And we'll talk about it. It's a penalty, not a class. It really is. Um, (laughs) And then there's also Color, which is a class. Yes. Um, So we can sort of talk about them. Um, Do we want to start at the top of the list with Anti-Paladin, or do we want to do Archer first? Just run it down uh, the list again for me. Like, uh, introduce the name, and I'll (laughs) I'll give a quick... Ooh, rapid fire lightning round. I like it. Yeah. Anti paladin. So they're kind of like a death knight if you're into WoW and stuff like this. Um, yeah. uh, and D D, it's kind of still the same anti paladin or dark knight, whatever kind of uh, atmosphere to it. Yep. Aesthetic rather. You have to be a knight to play one. Um, you do yeah. get the ability to have like an undead minion. I, I think they're like a mix of barbarian and assassin. Kind of yeah, and um, a little bit of healer because of the necromantic uh, magic. Yeah. Um, their their signifier is a black phoenix um and the signifiers of most other classes except for paladin is a sash yep so archer i think is next right so archer wears an orange sash and is kind of like a control uh caster in a way except instead of using magic they use different types of specialty arrows um they can have Things from a poison arrow, which will kill you on a singular wound. Um, 
a destruction arrow that will destroy a shield or parts of armor that gets hit. Uh, pinning arrow which will make the the player stopped which is even if it hits a shield yeah um which makes it to where you can't move your feet but you can continue to fight um and so by placing well-placed shots with the the archer you can kind of control the the battlefield there yeah and uh archer also um really dependent on like your loadout and what you bring with you yeah um and using the right arrow in the right situation you're getting chased down that destruction arrow is probably not that good that right pinning arrow fucking fantastic yeah um so next up is assassin yep so assassins are really good about phasing in and out of play effectively um at least from a new player perspective um they uh have access to poison so that is also another one hit kill kind of aspect um dragged below no, they have coup de gras. Yeah, coup de Sorry. Um, They're the same kind of shit. Sort of. <laughs> I'm not going to get super stop. in the weeds yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. um, but uh, they are the typical rogues, um, assassins, that kind of idea and aesthetic. Um, they have a black sash for their signifier. Um, oh, sashes in general go from one shoulder to a hip and worn by uh, players in class games uh, to signify what class they're playing. So you know what you're fighting against when it walks up to yeah. you. We are trying to be an open information game. Yeah. Um, and they also play in the state of insubstantial, which is really complicated to explain to a new player. You're but a ghost. Yeah, basically you're phased in and out of, of ability to interact with. This is your Naruto replace yourself with a log. Sure. But yeah, there's no log. Um, okay, Assassin, uh, Barbarian. Barbarians are very much that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Barbarian. Barbarian. Yeah, they uh, they have skills that go off of what we call wound and kill triggers, which um, means if you if I'm fighting Cabbage as a Barbarian and I wound him, then I can use an ability. Um, man, I can't remember the ability. Uh, yeah, well, no, Adrenaline is a kill trigger. Blood and Thunder. Blood and Thunder is the, the wound trigger, um, and it gives you a kind of a, a, a point of, oops, I got hit but I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, the, the the thrill of battle is what keeps you going. Their sash yeah. is uh, white. white. Yeah. Um, oh, they also get fight after death, which means once you've died, you get to Unfortunately. be dangerous for seven seconds. Um, <laughs> no, you cannot incur any more wounds than the wound that killed you. So yeah. if you were legged or armed, you maintain that and then uh, count down up to seven, whichever way you want to do it. And you are you cannot take any more wounds, so you just are kind of a carte blanche just able to try and kill people as you wish for seven seconds yep uh bard the best class <laughs> it is a good one um bards have a blue sash we should really have a format for saying <coughs> classes and stuff but you know what I, um they are the first of the magic classes that we are going to touch on magic classes have a kind of point by system uh for their spell points uh you get five spell points per level and you can uh spend points at a lower level from a higher set of, of this is points. where the game does become like D D. yeah this you is can buy fifth level magic you know, uh, below with your fifth level spell slot right um <clears throat> and, well yeah yeah that'll work <laughs> good enough um i'm trying not to get way in the weeds because this is like my section right to do that in um but bards are kind of the um they use the command uh spell school a lot um and 
Hi, Brad. You're distracting. <laughs> so distracting. Get out of here, Brad. <laughs> um, but they do things like stay away from me or pay attention to me or move away from me, move away from your friends. These are the kind of things that the magic that they use typically does. Yeah. Um, there's some other specific things. They also are famous for their songs, which is like an enchantment that they chant, actually physically chant. Think Paladin Auras from World of Warcraft. Yeah, that's they pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a support class, broadly defined. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not going to go in and 1v10 people, but they can make their five people as good as your 10 people. Yeah. Um, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, I'm going to try and be general with these things. So yeah. these are kind of at the hip, uh, non-super uh, technical answers to these things. So Yeah. Um, Bard feels a lot like Blue Mage. Yeah. Um, in that it sort of has a little bit of everything, but it's not got the best of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bard doesn't get a fireball, for example. Right. But they do get a shove, and that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> next up is color. Um, color is kind of the people who don't physically play in the battle game, but still contribute to the atmosphere of the game. So these are people typically who are in garb and are on the sidelines, either helping in the battle game or just chilling out, playing Koob or horseshoes or other things on the outside yeah um if if you've walked up to your park and you see a whole uh, a whole group of people running a, a vendor stand and people playing games in the background and hanging out on blankets those are color um and it makes the game look cooler just by them existing they don't necessarily have to be in the game although they can be npcs yep. um but they are and, and that is why they're called that they provide color to the game mm-hmm um, next is Druid, which is your thing. Yeah, so I'm trying not to go. Druid does everything in this current set of the rules. Um, but to be specific, these are the kind of nature lover, magic class uh, type things. Um, they are usually enchantment heavy. So that means yep. I uh, put a what's called a spell strip on someone else, sometimes on me, um, that, that grants <laughs> abilities specific to that enchantment. Yeah, bark skin. Uh, yeah, so that like Barkskin can add armor. Um, there are uh, Gift of uh, Air, Fire, and Earth that kind of grant some sort of protection and a spell that you can cast uh, that you don't have access to typically. Yeah. Um, and uh, immunities. There's all kinds of random things that that happen. That's it, it, enchantments are are one of the broadest areas that that are in the game um you can only technically have one enchantment on you except for the exceptions that are randomly throughout the game yeah um so uh i think that really kind of sums up druid because it does everything right now and it's really not a kind of a problem as a class because of balance reasons it's hyper flexible a druid can have a bow if they want they can have Mm -hmm. a sword and board if they want there's really no limitation and they also get magic on top of that um next up is healer uh, healer, oh, wait, uh, druid. Uh, sash color is oh, sash brown. color is brown. Yes, okay. healer, sash color is red. Red. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> healer. Um, healer is pretty much as you hear it. You know, these would be the clerics without the armor um, for D and D. No, uh, bards can get armor um, in their spells. Uh, healers cannot. Um, but they have some enchantments of their own. These are things that are typically protective in nature. So something like uh, imbue shield, which makes your shield. Um, uh, kind of impervious to certain effects. Um, try not to. Sorry, guys. I'm trying not to get way in the weeds with this. Um, <clears throat> they can resurrect people. They heal people. So if I hit Cabbage in the leg, then if Vidal is playing healer, she can cast heal on him and he can stand yeah. back up. Um, 
and things like that. Yeah. Healer is also another support class that, broadly speaking, is going to support their teammates. They do get some offensive magic. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. But they have, like, entangles, which I think are, are bigger than, you know, a bigger part of their kit than uh, I, it, the, the raw offensive yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Monk. Monk is a problem. <laughs> no. You need to take half of Druid stuff and give it to Monk. <laughs> no, uh, Monk is a Gray Sash. Um, and they are, you know, I mean, Monk kind of, if you think like Shaolin monks or something along those lines of, of, um, like fighting warrior, who's supposed to be kind of devout to their, their leanings or whatever, um, is kind of the, the aesthetic that people bring to it. Um, and they're immune to magic that is casted at them, uh, targeting, targeting them specifically, um, but not ball magic. Right. Uh, within 20 feet, now if they I can recall. Um, Louisville Slugger, those some bitches at higher levels. At higher, yeah. yeah, at higher levels they gain. They, they're basically the anti-magic class, yep. even though that's not really where they fit. But <laughs> um, that's that's technical junk. But yeah, so they're, they're, um, they're the kind of quote-unquote anti-magic class. There are very few spells that affect them and their gear. So... They uh, they are usually more apt to trying to fight the the magic classes because they typically don't have armor um, and monks do not have access to armor and they have access to a fair amount of weaponry. Um, they don't get shields is their kind of big thing. No shields, no range, no projectiles of any kind. No, they have access to oh, no, heavy the, throne. Yeah, heavy throne. Um, <clears throat> um, but yeah, so their limitations really are um, with with armor specifically. And yeah, kinda, and they don't have a lot of abilities that they give them much else. Which this kind of review makes it sound kind of negative. Monks aren't necessarily bad per se. It's kind of where the other classes. I want are. monk to be better, so I have a reason to play it. Um, <laughs> monster. Uh, so monster is a special thing that only your uh, game designer or monarch, uh, as in like monarch of your your shire or whatever, can kind of give you a special permission to play. Yeah. Um, and there are lots of different resources for monsters to, uh, like the Doron avatar, um, has like lists of monsters that are divided up by level that you could play. Um, however, as a game designer, I can say, Hey, cabbage, you want to play this vampire? No, don't look. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at the door because that's not the abilities you have. Um, it is a very specialized class. Their class sash would be silver. Um, and, whatever garb makes them look like the monster they are portraying. That's that's the big part. So, yeah, I'm a vampire. I need presumably something that makes me look Sp- like a vampire. Glitter, right? Glitter, yeah. Um, uh, big big cape, big fangs, <laughs> yep. something like that. Counting. Um, yeah. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Ooh, no. um, so paladin would be next, um, and this is just the opposite of paladin? Yeah, paladins more or less are the clerics of our game. Yeah. They're um, the clerics that get to wear the armor. Yeah. They have armor and they have some, um, protective ability type things. I can't remember if they heal anymore or not. Um, and, uh, so yeah, but you guys as new players can't play it, unfortunately. Um, so we can go ahead and skim past that one. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they can heal. Yes. Sorry. I, I wanted to look that up cause I was sure that they could. And yeah. I doubted myself peasant. Um, we talked about this as a so peasant is a penalty. If, uh, you're, if you're out and you're no longer quote unquote new, then 
when you play in a class game, if you do not have a sash, you are relegated to playing peasant, which peasant has a lot of restrictions. You can only have one short yep. weapon, and that is it i yeah. think so this is um this isn't a threat to any new players listening to this you know we're not going to slap you with peasant as a you know because we don't like you um if you have been showing up for a long time um you know you will acquire gear of some sort at least a sash basically yeah, um people will eventually throw stuff at you mostly um but if you've been showing up for a while and this depends on you know where you're from and the particular group you're with i think mm -hmm. typically four weeks is kind of standard that's been our standard yeah um four weeks if you don't have anything uh, you know when the next class game starts up hey you're a peasant sorry bud um by that point you should have at least some garb to wear and and a sash can i be wouldn't provided. say necessarily garb in four weeks but um Something. the sash is really the big thing to participate in in the battle games because again we're an open information yes. uh, game so people need to know what immunities or what to expect from your class and things like that yeah and you can't just be running around like barry blue jeans with just a you know a whole kit you know a polar and, and whatever else we don't know what to make of you mm -hmm. um for all my adventure zone listeners <laughs> um next up is scout um and we're going to kind of talk about this like we do monk i feel like uh yeah kind of um they are uh they're sasha screen um they are kind of the skirmisher class is what they kind of sort of get relegated into um they have an okay amount of armor they can get they have a wide variety of weapons that they can get they can't get pole arms though um and then their abilities are kind of uh limited um they have a mend uh that they can use i think yeah, mend is like healing for armor um they have a they have a step in the shadows which is a phase in and out of play kind of deal um they have a the a unique ability called tracking, which brings people out of insubstantial, so they phase people back in against their will, basically. Anti-assassin. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where they play. So if you think of, like, rangers from D&D yeah, or hunters, kind of, from yep. WoW, um, that kind of stuff, that's usually the aesthetic that you're looking at there. Yeah. Um, and their sash is green. Correct. Which is the one I always fuck up. Um <laughs> Go, go, colorblind. Yeah, so where, where Assassin uh, jumps in and out of combat to be lethal, um, and they're, they're a glass cannonist, the idea with Scout is that they jump in and out of combat for survivability, and mm -hmm. they can hang around a little longer. Um, next up, the, the classic, everyone knows it, everyone loves it, Warrior. Yeah, so Warrior, I honestly caution new people not to play Warrior or Monk. Barbarian's um, better. For new people, maybe. Yes. <laughs> um, because uh, Monk makes it to where you ignore a lot of the game, and it's harder to learn the game when you ignore half of it. Um, and Warrior, because of its abilities, are very... Purple Sash. Yeah, Purple Sash. Very oriented towards armor, and armor is usually an expensive thing or a very time-consuming thing. Uh, so... A lot of people are like, oh, just play Warrior because it's simple, which it is simple, but you're not going to be near as effective as you would be as a, a Barbarian or something like that starting out. Yeah. Warriors can use any melee weapon um, mm -hmm. and no range of any kind, I believe. Uh, javelin. Javelins. They get yeah. javelins exclusively. Which is not a great ranged weapon, but no, the, people, some people can use them okay, but they're really overall not great. Um, and yeah, a lot of their stuff centers around, uh, breaking crowd control, um, staying alive super long and around incentivizing the armor that you definitely will have when you're playing warrior should have right. anyway. 
Yes. You have armor, right? You have armor when you play Warrior, please. You have armor, right? <laughs> Did you bring your plate mail? Um, anyway, uh, last but not least is Wizard. So Wizard is the quintessential wizard that you hear about. Lightning fireballs, bolt. Lightning, lightning Bolt, bolt. Lightning, lightning Bolt. Um, fireballs, Lightning Bolts. Uh, spells that kill you immediately when they yell at you. Um, <laughs> uh, make people drop weapons, or not use weapons, I guess. Uh, is more accurate. Yeah. Um, uh, things like that. They they yell at you. They throw uh, fireballs at you and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they have. Oh, uh, yellow sash. Yeah, yellow sash. Um, they have an enormous pool of magic. A wizard is pretty flexible in, in what it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, although very often it's that glass cannon offensive. Yeah, they do have access to some enchantments, and those enchantments are kind of offensive oriented, but they are very few. Yeah, and, and wizards um, can take weapons, but it costs them. All um, of the magic classes can take weapons, but it costs spell points to do that. Do that. So you are kind of limiting yourself on magic for sustainability of having a weapon, kind of. Yeah, and I think the, the most a wizard can carry is a single sword? No, they can buy multiple. Hold on. <laughs> weapon... They have access to short weapons, I believe, at first le- level. So you could take, you could buy two short weapons. No, uh, equipment weapon short cost two, max one. Oh, so yeah, and so they did change to, it. Yeah, single sword, no shield, no armor. Um, so you are very vulnerable as a wizard. It, it helps to play with your team. That said, a wizard played correctly can do a lot, a, a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are your Gandalfs, your Merlins, your, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, Wizard, a lot of fun. Uh, probably the biggest, the Big highest, blasty. <laughs> the steepest learning curve, I would guess, for... Oh, Magic classes in general are kind of a steep learning curve um, to be the most Swift effective. Works. I still don't get how Swifter <laughs> Charge works. I just play a, a bard and take a ton of shots. Um, don't tell anybody. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's going to broadly cover our game types, our classes, awards, uh, social structures. Is there anything else that we missed? And this is the miscellaneous section that I have here. Um, hmm. um, AmpGuard as a whole, when we talk about it as what is AmpGuard in a way, is a lot more than just the game. Like we went over like the different kind of community things that the awards and stuff kind of play to, but like in general, like I've been playing Amp Guard almost 20 years. Um, God, it's so close. Ugh. Um, but the reason why, and I, and I took a break personally for like three or five years or what I don't remember exactly. I think it's three years, but um, so the big thing that keeps me coming out is kind of the game in and of itself, just because of the kind of person I am. Um, but the main thing is, is the friendship and uh, the things that you do and interact with the community as a whole. That is really the big seller. That is such an undervalued thing in our game. Yeah. The community is huge. There are a lot of people who, and this, I, I realize this a lot at Pat's nighting, but there are a lot of people who I considered, um, not necessarily out of the game, but just kind of like done with the game. Yeah. And they still have a deep level of concern for everything that happens inside of it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's that's a, a retention thing that I think is hard to place a value on, but it's pretty huge. Yeah. Sometimes when we're playing um, games on the, the WAC Discord, we play with a guy named Zoltan, and Zoltan's from Florida. And, Shout out Zoltan. Yeah. Um, and he hadn't played for a very long time um, and actually came out to... Uh, 
uh, Stinkfoot's knighting uh, because of a show of friendship, basically. And so, like, I, I don't know. He's been at, like, five-plus years, I think. Yeah. And that's that's five-plus years separated from a fantasy game that he decided to go. Still turns s- up to see his friend get a... Yeah, get a, a major oh. award. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't think of anything else. I think we're at about the right amount of time. Um, you want to cut it? Yeah, man. Let's cut it. Beautiful. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or Spotify to get notified about new episodes. And make sure to follow us on Facebook for announcements and more.